Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. What's going on, everybody? Eric Thomas here, host of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast and president of Rival Digital, which is a digital marketing agency that specifically services HVAC contractors. So if you're out there looking to improve your marketing this year, uh, let us know. We'd be glad to help you out any way possible. Uh, But that's not the point of this episode. The point of this episode today is uh, to chat about some, some really good marketing strategies Um, both online and offline, traditional as well, uh, to help you re-engage your customers and um, really kind of think outside the box this year. So brought on my good friend, Sarah Gerardo, and we are super excited. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Sarah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for our listeners out there, give them the rundown on your uh, extensive history in the industry and kind of Tell them, uh, you know, what you're up to now. Yeah, most definitely. So um, I'm Sarah Gerardo. I am the Senior Marketing Operations Manager here at Service Titan with the Marketing Pro products. I come from the industry. Uh, I was a director of digital marketing for a large residential HVAC company up in Northern California. Um, And then I have an extensive background in customer service as I ran 155 retail locations for an alcohol um, retailer. So I understand outbound calling for fun things. So (laughs) that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Alcohol. That's an interesting. uh, How did that go? How was that? What was that like? It was it was amazing. I did that for about five years. Um, I helped sell the rare whiskey allocation. So um, like Pappy Van Winkle and Eagle Rare and um, all those cool whiskeys that, you know, no one can get. But uh, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. So how did I mean, this is completely not related, but how did how did some of that, you know, how did some of that experience uh, help you with home services? Well, it's interesting when I got hired. um, So a guy that I used to work with, but not really directly at the alcohol corporate office um, is the one that recruited me to become, to be in the trades. And he wanted me to run customer service. And I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> I was like, I have a degree in marketing. Like I'm over yeah. customer service. Like I want to do bigger and better things. And so he made a position for me, but really, you know, the customer services is, is forever something that you can take in any position because it's not only realizing that employees are customers, right? But mm-hmm. your customers are customers. And so you have to, um, you're just constantly building a culture when you're not even thinking about it um, when it comes to marketing and, and working with customer service. So those two go hand in hand really well. Yeah. So I guess the trade stuck. I mean, I guess I guess you liked it enough to to hang around. Oh my God, I love the trades. I love the trades because it's, it's, it's like old school, new school, and like you can just throw all of your crazy ideas in and test and, you know, fail forward often. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I love the trades and the people in it. 
I have not met anyone better in my entire life than the people of the trades. Like they show up so big for each other. And that's really why I um, went to work at Service Titan because I wanted to help at scale. Um, And so, you know, I've been given the opportunity to really help at scale. And I am just blown away by what I get to do every day. So, yeah. Yeah. A while back, uh, speaking of kind of like the old school and the new school thing, I was comparing ads that were, you know, heating and air conditioning ads from like the fifties and the sixties and then comparing them to ads now. And they were honestly very similar. It's just like the vehicle that they used to drive that message to their, their market was different. It is. It, I mean, it's the same thing. You're telling a story, right? Mm-hmm. The client is the hero because if we make ourselves the hero, then we just look like chums, right? So it's, it's always been about the client and some of their ads are hilarious. So bringing back old school ads, I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's huge. I, I think it's very prevalent too. And just like the design that is in a lot of ads that I see even, okay. So like this past weekend I was down in Florida and there's a Ringling museum there for like the circus. So like the Ringling and Ringling bros and Barnum and Bailey or whatever. And yeah. there was like this entire section of the museum that was dedicated to like the advertising that they did around the circus. Cause like apparently like the advertising portion of the circus was like the largest expense when the circus was coming to town. This was like, you know, way back when in the thirties, when the circus was coming to town, like that was plastered all over town that like the train was coming with the circus on it. And a lot of the ads that I saw, um, it just reminded me a lot of, some of the stuff that you see even in the trades, like lots of cool patterns and like different colors and effects and stuff in the background. Uh, and I see that with like branding efforts, even where you see like billboards all over town and radio ads and TV ads and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it's how do you want to be seen, you know, and, and how are you going to stand out from the noise when it comes mm-hmm. to developing ads? Um, you know, are your billboards, are they 3D? Do you, do you have something kind of like an element that's pushed up and out so that it stands out? Is it too crowded with all of your text that doesn't really need to be there? Um, you know, and the same with direct mail. Do you have an easy way for people to convert? Um, mm-hmm. When you go by a, dil- a, a billboard, you know, there's this unique mobile ID inside of your cell phone. And you can take that and people sell these things to you. And so you can take it and just retarget them. And so like, it's, it's not that like, yeah, you want to honor the legacy advertising because it was your legacy and build it through to innovation. Um, And I think that's the cool. And I never really even thought about having like a showroom with all of our old ads. Right. Because that's really cool because it started with, this family image and then it built into a generational image and then it goes into more of your team because you're seeing, you know, a shift in focus of what you really should be advertising. People Mm -hmm. buy from people. Um, And sometimes, you know, we can get away from that and we can just sell the product, but we have to understand that in the trades, the technicians and the team are also part of the product and a product themselves. Yeah. That reminds me of a a funny story about a client that we have where they were doing, and we we don't do like, we don't do like TV commercials here. 
particularly, but as like an agency of record, as a partner of our clients, we kind of help with that relationship sometimes. So like if they're running TV commercials, we'll take meetings with the, the TV station to like, make sure that like the commercial is on brand, make sure the messaging is right. Uh, and just to make sure that generally all the efforts are aligned. Well, they had pitched this script for a TV ad and this came from the station. So, you know what you're going to get sometimes out of that. And they were like, yeah, we're going to tell this story about how like, it's like the family and they get their technician and then, you know, there's a dog. There's always going to be a dog. There's a dog. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, and then, you know, three years later, it's the same technician and the family's a little older. And then three years later, the technician's a little older, the family's a little older. And then the last one, you know, the family's going to be older and the technician's going to be older, but like the dog's going to be gone. And (laughs) it's going to be be like, we were like, no, we're not killing the dog. You cannot kill the dog, whatever you do. Um, but that's place it with its puppy, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. Like you got to tell a story about how, you know, exactly like, like the, the, the homeowner is the hero in this situation because they, their AC's out and the family's screaming. Yeah. The family's screaming and they're, the dog's panting and everyone's mad. And you know, the homeowner calls ABC Airco and they come and save the day. And the parent whoever called is the hero here because they made the right decision to call your company. Now everyone's happy and the dog's playing in the yard and all that good stuff. Yeah. And then as they grow older, like, well, what happens to the, the, the kids? Are they now technicians? You know, like think of like weird generational stories. Think of like, you know, tug at the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing is like when you're making commercials and when you're making advertising, it's about how people are feeling. And Mm -hmm. right now we are right in the middle of of seeing a market shift again. Right. Why? Think about why, because we don't have to wear a mask anymore. And in California, that's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at regional, like how it's been, a, been, some states have been open. They haven't been wearing masks. We get it. Like, good for you. It doesn't really matter to me what your opinion is on that. But right now we're opening up larger states that used to have to wear masks everywhere they go. And now mm-hmm. what is that going to mean for them? What yeah. freedom do they want? They want to yeah. travel. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're going to have to have somewhere to come home to, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens when they come home? Are they going to have that money to spend on the large investment of a replacement? So, like, these are things to really think about. Like, yeah. how are you going to add value to your services today to ensure that you have you can drive business on replacement and drive that value home? Yeah. Uh, I think that's what, the interesting one. If I was if I was a company that like really hung my hat on a particular thermostat brand like Ecobee or Nest, I would be creating ads right now just showing off the ability to control it from my phone cuz like <laughs> 3 what 3 4 weeks ago we went to Vegas for HR, good times. Um no one sung karaoke. Eric might have sang karaoke. <laughs> I might have a video of that. <laughs> It might go on TikTok one day. I don't know. <laughs> it's good. That was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Crystal Crystal commended me when, on her episode. She said it was very brave. I agree. I think courageous. I was very brave. I was courageous. courageous. I was the hero of the of the karaoke bar that night. You were. You were. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about karaoke at places like that is that not very many people remember it happened. 
<laughs> because she recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to digital marketing world. <laughs> yeah. Everything is recorded these days. Um, but then I was, so I was, we were traveling for Vegas. And then the week after that, we traveled to Nebraska to visit family. And then last weekend we traveled to Florida to visit family. And um, each time on Sunday, when we got home, it was like, I was in the airport and I was like, Ooh, let me go make sure that like the heat's on before we get home. Cause like you turn it to eco mode or whatever when you're not there. So it's not just like running. And then um, you get home and your house is warm. Like that's the story. Yeah. I want to come home to comfort. Right. Yeah. And that's why I even made templates like last year that said, come home to comfort because we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. People were starting to open up and then all of a sudden Omicron came and, you know, so then we're like, Oh, we're going to go back inside. And now we're like going to go back outside and so it's kind of like you just disruptive marketing is doesn't have to be disruptive. You can plan for it. You can think ahead. You can be innovative in home automation. You know, it's not just HVAC. It's uh, I mean, HVAC should just get into smart home just to be in general. Right. And everyone's like, no, they break. Oh, my God. It's annoying. Like the warranties and the guarantee, like all of it. I've heard it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we properly train our technicians on on how to handle those objections and, and what happens when they call in and they have troubleshooting problems, right? We have a team that handles that. Um, that's that's where you have to think of, right? And then the other thing is, is, okay, well, how do I add value to a service by using other trades? So it's not just acquiring new businesses. It could be partnering with other businesses. So think about like if you're, so a big thing for us is um, cleanliness, right, after an install. So if you think about it, you have people, they lay down, you know, um, cardboard or some kind of stuff for your carpet so nothing gets dirty. They, you know, protect the baseboard so there's no dings. But what happens if you had like a carpet cleaning service that came afterwards just because there was extra and it was built into your price, right? Mm -hmm. And so you both share profits. Or you buy a carpet cleaning company and after a service, you say, hey, just to let you know, you know, there's an added part in your membership where we're going to go and make sure that your carpets are clean because we were in your home or something like that or pest control or landscape, right? Like all of these things, HVAC really can can utilize pest control. Oh, my God. Do you know what's in the attics? It's disgusting. I saw a picture of someone that had bats, like dead bats on their filter because it was open. I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, yeah. and I've seen giant spiders. I've seen snakes. I've seen all sorts of stuff with your HVAC unit. So why wouldn't you help partner with pest control or buy a pest yeah. control company? It just makes sense. Like, I mean, do things that are extraordinarily like remarkable. And that would be remarkable if my HVAC company came out and was like, you know what? We saw some giant thing we don't know what kind of thing that is in your attic but we're gonna go ahead and call our partner people <laughs> yeah sarah's frozen well you there <laughs> you i'm here <laughs> yeah it froze did i freeze you froze oh on my side, I show that you froze. So hopefully, uh, well, I'm sure it's mine. I'm sure I froze, but I was just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, We're it, back. It's probably, it's probably me. 
anyways, yeah, no, that I, I completely agree, especially since like the average homeowner is not up in their attic to do anything. You know, the younger, probably the younger homeowner or maybe the more agile, you know, middle-aged homeowner is up there occasionally to get down the Christmas tree. That's once a year. Um, but to your point, like you get up there and there's, you know, a swamp monster in your crawl space or your attic that's ripping up your ductwork. And you're like, Hey, we fixed your ductwork, but there's still mice up there. And so. Like, and just leaving feces on it or leaving something gross and behind. You're, and, and just you're breathing that in. And you're breathing it in. Right. And that's so, what I, yeah. and that's what I don't understand about, you know, IAQ services. I'm like, I'm not understanding what, what, homeowners are might be missing because we aren't talking about it enough and instead of using fear behind of what's in your air it should be like let's just be real right like you're breathing in some crazy stuff because you have dogs you have dust you have just dirty air because you know majority of us are working from home and so think about like do you go outside? Do you come back in? Like, what do you bring as particles in when you do those things? Yeah. And then, you know, like most of us, like for me, I'm renting a home in California and we have fires and I have an old system and I have old ductwork that I've asked to have replaced and it just doesn't get replaced because I have a landlord. Yeah. So, I mean, like think about all of those situations and, and really hit home because I know nobody wants to work with a property manager because, you know, it's weird service and paying and stuff like that. But there are going to be so many property managers because short-term rentals are a thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, people are buying Airbnbs. People are like, how can you really get into that business? Because yeah. they want to invest in their homes. They're not just looking to be, you know, a, a slumlord. They're looking to be a, a, an actual really good landlord because people are going to live leave reviews for them so yeah. this is a legit business like yeah. get in there absolutely if you're yeah if you're listening to this right now and the the whole landlord thing just resonated with you or the property management thing resonated with you uh i would encourage you to go back to episode oh gosh i'm gonna go ahead and just say like 12 probably uh we talked with a gentleman from the outer banks in north carolina and that was like the meat and potatoes of what we talked about was um, dealing with property management companies. Um, we shouldn't say dealing. I mean, we should say I'm sorry, working. working. <laughs> right? I, okay. I don't want it to be negative. Like, I don't want yeah. it to be negative, like, because it's totally changed, right? Like, yeah. now the people that the property managers send out could be elevated a little bit, right? It's, yeah. it's a different types of contractor. Episode 14, working episode 14. episode 14. And the title is working with property management companies for HVAC services. So go check that one out. We will drop that in the comments later. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it in there. So yeah. Okay. So, wow. we got a lot that we can talk about here and mm -hmm. I, I don't remember what the original topic was going to be. Something Existing about clients and what's going to happen during spring when you guys yeah. are slow and you don't know what to do with yourselves because you're yeah. slow. And <laughs> All right. So let, let's hit on this now because I'm seeing it. And I mean, if you're listening to this, you most likely are in these Facebook groups. There's four or five big ones. And I've been seeing this reoccurring theme. And that is that February is slow 
Some people are shocked by it. Some people expect it because they just know that February is typically slow. Um, and a lot of people just like to sit on their hands and wait for March and wait for April. Uh, but we are here to share with you some proven strategies uh, to stay in front of those customers, re-engage them and get them to pick up the phone and call you. So Sarah, what are some ideas or some good strategies that you've seen work for contractors during these shoulder months? Okay. So the reason first off as to why we might have, you know, well, um, we might have a lull is because everybody has a lull. Like <laughs> the trades are, um, I know a lot of people like to say, you know, we are not weather dependent, but we are, it, it is affected by the weather. Um, and even if you are a small business or a large business, we all go through lulls. So you are not alone. Um, the one thing that we can really focus on is consistency in our messaging. And it's consistency in our messaging to existing clients that have service to you. It is your existing clients are a gold mine, and we are most definitely not speaking to them enough. Um, your you can do memberships that have service due. When I say it's springtime, what do we think of when it's spring? It's called spring cleaning, right? And think of all the new things that come up in spring: new flowers, new allergies, new all of these opportunities. So. As a marketer in the trades, it is our job to be innovative on thinking about how can we not only utilize those in our marketing message, but start thinking about, okay, well, if we're slow, is it time to spring clean inside of our business? So are we looking at our budget and our marketing plan? Are we, if our marketing plan isn't working, it's time to pivot, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to, we've got to pivot and adjust quickly. And that might mean that some months during the slow season is branding because when we build our brand consistently, leads will come and then, you know, the brand will stay consistent. So yeah. brand awareness is really important. And I think that a lot of people kind of forget. They're like, oh, I just want the leads. You know, when I first got into the HVAC um, section or unit, they were like, your job is to make the phone ring. Well, yeah, I can make the phone ring, but if the CSR doesn't convert, if the technician doesn't convert, if, you know, the FSR doesn't convert and the install doesn't have an additional add-on, then I'm missing opportunity all over the place. Yeah. So it's really honing in and saying, okay, let me look at all of these conversion metrics and the journey that my customer is taking and say, what needs more scripting? What needs more marketing material? Where can I build in um, a replacement offer that might not even have to be an offer? It's literally just pictures on a page that says, hey, we're financing, um, lead with financing. Nobody wants to do, I mean, they're going to go out there and spend all of this money on travel. So mm -hmm. think about how they're going to pay for um, these add-on replacement items or add-on items. So lead with financing. Um, rehash your unsold estimates. That is the biggest part where we were leaving money on the table. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can do this through automation, right? You know, there's marketing is in layers. It takes about, you know, 16 exposures I heard from a Tony Robbins event um, to get someone to convert. And so if it takes 16 exposures to your brand, where are you? Like, how are you going to show up? Where are they going to see you? What's the frequency? You know, really mm -hmm. think about those things. And then, um, you know, think 
about innovation. And it's not really innovation. Geofencing has been around for a long time. And in the spring, you're going to have a lot of trade shows, right? Like, or home shows is what I should say. Mm-hmm. Now, in, it depends on your area when it comes to home shows. For ours, it was heavily saturated by competition. There were, um, we had a, a very dense area, so they were all over the place. And it cost more money for me to attend the home show, set them up, and then actually have someone run them with me. Um, and I would bring like giant pieces of equipment, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of, kind of just a really big waste of spend. But what if I could geofence the event from last year for those that attended? I could get ahead of them and geofence those that are planning on attending or those that are around the area and then while they're at the event and then after the event. So really think about what you could be doing elsewhere. So do you have a digital billboard near that event? You know, well, cool. Go take those mobile IDs and retarget them. Like be creative in um, the solutions. PPC doesn't always have to be the one Google product that we think about and use all the time. You know, videos are a big thing. Um, Social is huge. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there are bigger things out there that you can be doing that in direct mail, you know, like that's back that's been back. It might, it kind of died a little bit during COVID just because we didn't know what to do. And then we realized everyone's reading their direct mail because they're bored and they have, they don't leave their house. So, yeah, like. Absolutely. And yeah. And you can even target like, <clears throat> like the actual name of the home show. Cause like the homeowner's going to go on there and Google to find the website. Cause they probably don't remember the name of the event website and you could have an ad there. And it's not even, there's not even really a call to action. It's just visit us at booth 1401. Yeah. Or, hey, you know, sorry, we couldn't make the event. And people would think it's funny. Or we know that mm-hmm. you're at this event. Yeah. Like, hope you're having fun. And it's brand awareness. Like, think about like, you know, we're waving to you from afar. Or just think about something fun or direct them to where you are at the event. That's a very good yeah. point as well. We need uh, one like that for for service world. And you know how they have like the parties each night at service world expo. They had a, mm-hmm. like a, I don't remember. It was like a costume party or whatever. We had a geofenced ad for the expo center for the next day. And it was like, hang over here with us. We've got Tylenol and water. And <laughs> like, it was just like on Facebook and Instagram pretty much. So whenever you got on there, you could just, it was, and it was hammering the, the entire expo center naturally due to geofencing. There's, you, you can get some people seeing it that aren't at the event, but we had a, a pretty decent turnout from people that had mentioned they saw it. They were like, oh, I saw that ad. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's brand awareness. Like, go be hilarious. Go have fun in your marketing and and realize that it doesn't have to be, you know, please get a tune-up with us. Like, most people don't even know what a tune-up is, right? Yeah, They're like, exactly. am I going to search an H, you know what I need, an HVAC tune-up? No, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, hey, so this thing in my garage that puts heat out is not working and it's making this click, 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 clickety clack sound. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to Google. Furnace making clickety clack sound, not turning on. And how do I fix this? Right. And so hopefully a blog clumps up and it's like, oh, you know, if you just hit it here, it's just going to turn on. No. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's yeah. like, and that's exactly, that's great 
a great segment into um, my next topic of this, which is about like the the content around, you know, just answering questions. And, you know, there's so much content that goes on the internet every day for HVC companies, for home services, contractors in general. And they think that it needs to be like, oh, uh, five reasons why you need your spring tune-up done every year. That's good content for, you know, SEO or whatever. You can build some internal links and do all that good stuff for it. But like, what if you wrote the blog that was like, why is my furnace sound like a ghost or like, why is it making this spooky sound? And then yeah. you branded it and published it on Halloween and like you're doing, that's what people are searching. Why is my furnace making the clickety clackety sound? Why is my furnace blowing cold air? Um, why is, you know, why? Yeah, is I mean, you can just type it. Well? There's Google answers. Like there's core, there's so many different answer and question sites that you can research the keywords and pe what people are searching. <laughs> Google trends, yeah. like, like look at how they're searching and not only how they're searching with their phones, but how they're searching with their voice, right? Yeah. What's populating like uh, best HVAC or best furnace repair person near me. Like, okay, what's going to populate? Well, when you're doing it on your phone, it's going to be Yelp pulling up in California. Mm -hmm. And if Yelp is pulling up, that means that they're authority and they have authority in voice. And so why wouldn't you be on there and have a strategy? Yeah. Um, when I, I started Googling, I typed in furnace making and then immediately noise, clicking noise, buzzing noise, <laughs> grinding noise, humming noise, high pitched noise, banging noise, loud banging noise, whistling sound. There is your entire, like if you are able to pro publish your own blog post, like if you are, if you're, if your website provider gives you login credentials, which they should, if you ask uh, to your own website and you're able to write a blog post, that is literally your blog post right there. You don't even have to write it. There are AI tools out there that can write them for you. And you mm -hmm. just double check to make sure it's not populating, you know, duplicate content. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's gotten so sophisticated that it like, you know, content creation, they want you to create it faster because mm -hmm. they want you to absorb it faster. Watch what they're doing on social. TikTok went from what it was like uh, a longer format to three seconds to seven seconds to back to a longer format. They wanted you to use trending sounds. The trending sounds went from short to long to, mm -hmm. you know, like watch what the technology is doing and then yeah. go into that. Right. That's what it's about. It's not about like, um, it, it, it's just, you follow what tech is doing when it comes yeah. to marketing because they're the ones changing how we purchase. They're the ones changing how we convert and they're the ones to follow to see how fast you have to change your website. You know, for me, when I created a website, it was, uh, my goal was uh, I need it to load under 2.5 seconds. Okay. That's nothing. Like Google is like, no, that's too long now. Like it yeah. just keeps decreasing. And you see that with their algorithm changes, you see that with their updates. And so like, think like that. Think in terms of what the tech is doing and be ahead of it um, or be with it at least mm -hmm. so that you're not just reacting to a situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's a great point about like reacting to it because I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of contractors out there that react to the marketplace. Like, I mean, it's natural to be reactive sometimes rather than proactive. Um, but, you know, in marketing, 
how would you recommend for a contractor who's busy in and out of the field, in and out of the office to be like proactive, proactive with their marketing? So, you know, um, I was an internal marketer and like you are a, an agency. And so I would work with my agencies in regards to this. And it really depends. All businesses, I would say, need to plan for capacity. They need to plan for seasonality. They need to have a marketing budget and a marketing strategy in place. Where What do you want to say during what months? And then someone needs to execute those. Um, and then someone needs to be a part to say, hey, really weird weather is coming. Like, we need to flip the switch. Um, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's hard when you don't have an internal marketer helping with an agency. Those two partner together, right? Yeah. And because I see things that you don't see because you are not the brand. I am the brand. And so it's a very, like, I am here to tell you insights um, that you might not know. And you're here to tell me insights that I might not know. And so if like my website goes down in the middle of the night, like I was so close to my vendors, they would text me and, and be like, hey, guess what? The site's down. The SSL went down. What are you going to do? Or And I'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about because I was learning, you know, I was yeah. like, what do you mean my SSL is down? Like which, which vendor has my SSL and how do I go and find it? And why is it not set to auto renew? Well, yeah. the vendor that we selected was not set to auto renew. And so every year at the exact same time, my whole site went down. But now with the security issues that are out there, people know when your site is down and they'll just take it and they'll grab it. And then what? Mm -hmm. You've got a horrible cyber issue. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's you got to be partners with your agency in every single way because you need each other. <laughs> Even large companies, like it's not that I'm sitting there running all of the marketing and PPC and, you know, media buying and all of that by myself. No, like that's intense. I manage those that purchase it because they are experts mm -hmm. at their job and I allow them to be experts at their job. Now, if yeah. I have questions, then I will go ahead and ask all my random questions and they will you know, put up with me is what some of them said. But, um, you know, we learn together and we build product together and we build each other up, our businesses. Yeah. And so I think that's really, that's the important part about yeah. knowing what you're doing is is creating a strategy and taking significant action and yeah. putting it into place. Yeah, exactly. Like any, any plan is better than no plan at all. And like, I see so many, I mean, I, I see it even here. We'll sit down at the end of every year with our clients and put together a 12-month plan for the year. And it's rough. It's like, all right, February, March, April, we're doing this. May, June, July, we're doing this. Like, this is the type of content we're going to produce. This is the type of emails that you're going to send or, or we're going to send. Um, this is the offer that might be attached. But it's all subject to change. But at least there's something to go off of and to to kind of go against. And if you're listening to this, it is February 22nd, 2022 on a Tuesday. It is literally Tuesday. 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 <laughs> and gosh, that's crazy. That is really weird. Anyways, there's still time to create a plan, like, especially if you're like a little oh, slow, yeah. like you literally could sit down for a solid three or four hours and just map it out and say, Hey guys, this is the plan. I know we didn't have a plan, but now we do please follow it. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I painted my walls that um, poster board paint in mm -hmm. my office and I looked like a nutcase. I had write, I had plans all over it. Right. And I would write 
just any idea down. And then I bought, you know, like actual poster boards and stuff because my boss was like, you look nuts. And, um, but like, just, you can start at any moment at any second of any, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't mean that you can't change. And, um, and you know, the one really big thing I would look at is my culture and my brand, because that goes hand in hand together. Um, and so if I was not just looking at my marketing, because I can't develop great marketing if I don't have a great culture and it starts with how do you want to market your culture and that builds your brand and that speaks through a common service language through every marketing piece that you do and that creates consistency and it also takes the guesswork out of the from the employees as to what to say and how to say it because what you're doing when you create a common service language through your culture you're putting words into basically the customer's mind that resonate and then they will repeat them in the reviews. So you're building your business through, you know, repetition and, mm -hmm. um, and in changing the way that they think about your company by what you are telling them through every single part of the scripting process and your marketing pieces. So, um, I know everyone's like, well, you always talk about brand. And I was like, because the brand can be is a forever iteration, right? It's an iterative process. Like you're never going to have the perfect brand. Like it's going to be something that you're going to build on every single day, basically, because your employees are your customers just as much as your customers are your yeah. customers. So. Absolutely. Yeah. With brand, I mean, it's like, you can either tell the marketplace like who you are and what you stand for, or they can do it for you. And so it's like, it's huge to make sure that you're the one controlling the narrative there. And people say that one more time. I said your brand, you can either tell them what you are and who you stand for, or they'll do it for you. Exactly. Exactly. So like you can go to market and tell the whole world, like, Hey, we will complete your repair in two hours or less guaranteed or we'll do a polar plunge into the ocean at in the middle of January. And they'll be like, Oh wow. Or you could say nothing and just be like the lead man that just wants leads. And then your technicians stink. And then they go online. They tell their friends, yeah, that company sucks. Don't use them. Yeah. That's your, because, that, that's your brand. Yeah. Cause nobody hears from you. And if nobody mm -hmm. hears from you, then nobody hears from you. Right. If yeah. someone's simply unaware, they're simply unaware. Mm. Um, and so, you know, even the, the smallest of the small companies, like, your brand starts with, you know, you and that one person that you're with in the office, or if it's just you, it starts with you and that truck and you're going out there in the community and you're building your brand and you're building your name any way that you can. Can you go and do you have a hundred dollars? Cool. Go to a local coffee shop and buy a hundred dollars worth of coffee and put QR codes on them and, and just partner, right? What can you do for them? Well, now you're in the home. You're leaving a coupon for that local community as business as well. You're growing your community as you grow yourself because um, mm -hmm. givers gain, right? So think yeah. about like marketing strategies where givers gain and have that mentality of what can you do with that in your community? Mm -hmm. um, there's well, just so much you can do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of power in that too. I mean, and people don't realize like, a lot of homeowners, I, I hate to sound like this, but I don't think homeowners listen to this podcast. They can be <laughs> trained on like what they think, like what the perception is. Like you can train people 
to perceive you how you want them to perceive you if you're loud enough about it. And if you get your message out enough about it, even if it's not true and it should be true. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like you can say it and then the technician shows up and doesn't, you know, uphold that, then they're going to quickly find out that it's not true. Uh, But like, if you, you know, go out there and beat your chest enough and say, we are this and we are that. And the technician shows up and him or her is that. And the homeowner will say, wow, they were that. I'm going to go tell the whole world, hey, they are all this and all that and they rock. Yeah, well, it's called speaking it into existence, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a it's a leadership trait that people don't really think about. But it is like you are a marketer. Like for me, I'm a marketer in the trades. Uh, yeah, I am literally a marketer in the trades, right? And so I was like, well, why isn't that a name that people are calling us marketers in the trades? <laughs> and so I I was like, you can speak whatever you want into existence because you have the authority behind it and you believe in your business so much because your why is aligned to your purpose of helping others. And all of the trades businesses are aligned to the purpose of helping others, right? We're finding solutions to their problems in their home or in their businesses that are either, you know, could be health issues, could be um, just compliance for large businesses, you know, like you're helping. And so you don't really have to go far from that to realize that what you're doing matters. You're making a significant impact and you can talk about the solutions that you're providing to the opportunities that they might be seeing in their home or their business. And you can believe in yourself. Um, And it doesn't even matter if you're a hundred million dollar contractor versus uh, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars a month. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like just yeah. go build your brand. It's right there. And this is your passion. So you might as yeah. well just live it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I was talking to a contractor yesterday and, um, he called and was like, you know, I'm, I'm just getting started off. Like it's just me in a truck and I got a family member helping me. And, you know, he told me where his revenue was at. It's like, it wasn't like, he was like, I'm a $5 million contractor. He was like, we were very much so just starting off. Like what, where should I start? What should I do? I'm like, well, what have you done so far? And he's like, well, I've tried my best to like get involved in the community and sponsor, you know, a little league team or whatever. And I was like, perfect. Like, that's it. Keep doing that until you have a brand and you are, you know, in the community. Yeah. And think about like the five to 10 mile radius, right? Don't think about like the, well, I need to go everywhere in this area and be everywhere. No, your drive time is going to kill you, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's inefficient and it's going to hit the bottom line in the, everything that you do in overhead, in cogs of, you know, drive of gas. Oh my God, gas is expensive, especially out here in California. It's $5 a gallon. So like, think about like right where hit home is where I like to say is like, just yeah. hit it home and Think about like the school events, right? Okay, they're having fun runs and um, what happens during fun runs? Parents come to watch their kids. Mm -hmm. What can you do? Oh, I'm going to geofence that that neighborhood right there. And I'm going to ping those parents because they have homes in the area and they have businesses. (laughs) And then I'm going to go after them. You know, I'm going to show up. And that's not expensive. And everyone's kind of like, to me, another big thing is they're like, well, do I have to be on PPC? Do I have to be on GLSA? Do I have to be on all these areas? No, you don't have to be, you know, like social media is gigantic. 
see what you can do and start your strategy there and your Google My Business or Google My mm -hmm. Plate. What is it called? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, business profile. Business profile. Yeah, yes. they'll change it again soon. Don't worry. Right. Whatever this episode will be outdated in three weeks when they change yeah. it. <laughs> They're going to monetize that, right? Yeah. Like that's just wait. We're just waiting for that to happen. They're shifting you all to e-commerce. Like, yeah, look at that. Watch that. But, um, you know, start there while you're building a website. So build a landing page, right? Get get a skeleton out there, but go on social because nobody else is. And they're slowly getting there. But mm -hmm. you could be the person that's there all the time talking about, I watched this one guy, we do a pool and it was the coolest thing. And he had like millions of viewers. And they were like, wow, that's really cool. I'd really, I didn't even think about, you know, that DIY is like a huge social thing. So yeah. you're doing it. How can you teach others to do it? And safely, right? The big thing is about ending the message with, hey, this could be not very safe for you to do yourself because it could, you know, electrical issues or something like that. Um, and then that's when you put your CTA. Give mm -hmm. us a call. We're here to help. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, that's really the thing is like, when you're starting small, it's doesn't mean that you're small and that your budgets are small. It just means that you have to be creative in the way that you're and innovative in the way that you're going to go to market. Yeah. Um, and that's what I was reading uh, Paul Kelly's book, uh, Tricks of the Trades to Success. Uh, Paul Kelly from Parker and Sons wrote that book. And there was a section in there about marketing and it was saying like pretty much it's better off to be a huge fish in a little pond than to be a normal sized fish in a pond full of sharks and other, other competitors. And that just speaks volumes because like when I think about if I started an HVAC business right now and I was like, all right, I'm going to go get my contractor's license and start an HVAC business. I would literally only target my neighborhood to start. I would get in front of my house. I would say, hey, Ocean Lakes neighbors, it's me. I live down the road from you. I just started a business. I can help all of you because you live here. I'm going to give you whatever, uh, $49 whole home plumbing inspection or uh, heat exchanger inspection, uh, whatever, just to you know, get my business off the ground. There's over 500 homes in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like that's 500 opportunities. If I did a replacement on all 500 of those homes, that's like, Five and a half million dollars. What if you bought him a coffee? Yeah. Right. What if you, 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 your plan was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to attach a Starbucks gift card. You can order them in bulk, $5, and you can have little glue dots that you can go and do this yourself. You can print at Staples. I mean, like, you can get small. Like, you want to yeah. go small, Canva prints, you know, like, um, you can utilize direct mail. Like, there's so many different things that you can do, but, yeah. yeah, I think that's a great idea. But like, think of like the little things that's going to make you remarkable, like read the book Purple Cow. And when you think when you read the book, it's about being remarkable. And if you're small, and I'm starting a business today, you bet your butt, I'm gonna go knock on my neighbor's door and say, I'd love to buy you a coffee. But I also know that I'm having these problems in my home. And I know that there are opportunities in this neighborhood. So how can I help? And then I would yeah. brand my truck, because that's that's a tax. Like I can write that off. Right. Yeah. So I would go and, and, and truck wraps aren't expensive. They're like $3,500, but know that if you brand your truck, think about the branding, 
right? They're like mascots. A lot of people use them, but mascots have a voice. And so eventually you're going to have to build an entire strategy around a mascot with a voice of what it's going to say, how it's going to say, what it's going to sound like, how is it going to act in the community? How are you going to, you know, brand it with gear? Um, How are you going to tell its story? You know, what's the story of the squirrel? What's the story of, you know, of a Superman? Like what, you know, what is the hero image and what does it mean to Mm -hmm. your brand? And if you have people on there, well, what do the people mean? You know, like think about all of that. Like, and a lot of times, you know, when people are branding, their owners will become the brand and that's fine, but owners should always have an exit strategy. And if you are only branding your owner, then what about the people, right? There's one face to the community. I get it, but there could be multiple faces that you're missing in that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And that's your team. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, I I see that a lot with, um, I I worked at a company even for a short amount of time as a real estate company and it was completely branded after the owner (laughs) and they realized hey, I want to sell this business one day and I'm going to have to sell my intellectual property to myself if I sell this company, which is named after me and I am the face. Like They're like, oh, you got to rebrand this thing quick. Um, so Yeah, because yeah, the owners want to do something else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, they might want to go on and teach leadership or they might want to go on and just teach how to be a business owner. Yeah. And then what? You know, and they can't be there to take pictures with you every single day and they can't be on that podcast or be on that, you know, video for you all the time. You've got to you've got to think ahead. Um, You know, what's scalable? Absolutely. All right. Well, this this has been a great, a great episode so far. Uh, Per usual. Last question before we go, Sarah, uh, if you were talking to a contractor right now who came to you and said, all right, I'm starting my business tomorrow what's the one piece of advice that you would give him or her before they started? I would say, I hope that you take significant action and you achieve the extraordinary because you have the ability to do whatever you want because there are infinite possibilities. So all you have to do is show up for yourself and you can show up however you want. Just show up. Boom. Just show up. And if you need help building your first website called Rival Digital, uh, we'd be glad to help you out. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Uh, All right. Sarah, I appreciate you joining me on the show. Uh, I appreciate you not roasting me too hard for my karaoke skills. Let's wait till uh, you see if I post the video attached to this. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to go viral for all the wrong reasons now. Sarah, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I've appreciated having you on the show. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you uh, you found some value in it, we'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a review or email us podcast at rivaldigital.com and let us know what you thought. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.